You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the cheap seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. Morning, everybody. Welcome to the cheap seats. Brandon's out today. Professor Trent Nichols sitting in the big boy seat, and Diamond Dave Kaplan. You're uh, you're in Trent's normal position. So welcome. You got two hours in you, man. Oh. Well, we'll see. <laughs> it's a lot of running back and forth. This is an endurance right. competition. Well, one one day my goal is to sit for five minutes on the other side of the table. We might be able to do a segment like that. I don't know, man. No, I'm just, it's not that important. Is there any golf going on this weekend? Well, this past weekend there was. What we have? I've missed you, it. You don't want to lead off with that, do you? I, but, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there was the uh, Senior British Open. Yeah, we're not going to leave with that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. There was uh, the, the Canadian amateur. Open. Yeah, the, there was a little controversy at the women's uh, U.S. Amateur. So, uh, And the uh, women were playing the Scottish Open. Okay. Well, so there was we'll a lot on. of golf this past weekend. I actually. suppose. And there was no golf for me out on the course. So. None for me either, wow. other than watching. Bernhard Longer did win his 10th. Senior major. That's mm. ridiculous. Hey, is he is he he's top like of the mountain? Sixty. Yeah, I think uh, Jack Nicholas might have had eight or something wow. like that. So, yeah, yeah we're he's, not gonna open it's that. not even fun. Yeah, he just <laughs> he wins by like four or five strokes. And uh, anyway, Trent, what's up with you, buddy? Oh, you know, I'm just uh, basking in the glow of. Uh, Post Game of Thrones, a couple days afterwards, still enjoying that episode last I'm gonna Sunday. I'm going to tell you what, they, they, they are bringing it mm. this season. They, they're like, we've got, you know, they started the, with 14 shows to finish the whole thing and put yeah. a bow on it and break everybody's heart. They're like getting their 
maximum out of every single minute of every single show. There's no wasted time. No, and I think every around. everybody I talk to has a new theory of who's going to be the last man standing. So, all right, it's so great. thirty seconds. What do you think? What's your theory? I think that uh, one theory is Ned Stark. The White Walkers are going to find his bones. He's going to end up being the king of the White Walkers, and. Uh, you know, I think Jon Snow may uh, may end up being the last man standing, and uh, we'll go from there. You see, you think Ned Stark is going to come back to life as a White Walker? Him and his wife are going to have to overtake Winterfell. Hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna bet against that. <laughs> so, Arya, I think is the last one standing. I've been saying that for years. We'll see how it shakes out. You a Game of Thrones guy, Dave? Or do you have no idea what we're talking about? Pass. Nice. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Oh, maybe maybe on a rainy winter weekend, I'll uh, just throw it up on uh, my Amazon Prime stick and just go through it. You, you I see it out there. So. You need more than a weekend. You're going to need a couple weekends. Yeah. yeah. And, and your life will never be the same. Mm. Never. Now, Trent, Brandon's not here today, he's hanging at the beach. So while the cat's away, we're going to talk some baseball. There we go. And and the thing that you and I have had plenty of conversations offline about is Aaron Judge. Yeah. And MLB is trying to embrace this kid and make him the face of the entire league. And through the first half of this season, what he's done was historic-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, now he's kind of come back to earth. Yeah. You know, he went out and as MLB would have planned it, he managed to win the home run derby mm-hmm. and had his night in the sun for the, the entire country to see him in that showcase. And as has happened over the last few years, the home run champion has gotten out to a slow start in the second half of the season. Yeah. Now, I don't know if that's a contributing factor in his case. He's young. You would think his recuperative powers are, you know, up there, and he didn't necessarily need the all-star break. What do you think the problem is? Well, I mean, I I honestly think, I mean, there's so much that they put into that one moment that maybe it is him lacking of recouping. You know, I don't think that – People are pitching him any different. I think he's still having the same opportunities, batting in the same spot. But, you know, all those guys, they come out there and they're hitting more home runs in a time frame of two hours than normally they do almost two seasons. So is his body able to adjust? He's a big boy. Yeah, he is. He's enormous. And that's where I think the issue is. When you look at a guy that's that tall and that muscle-bound, the list of guys that shape and size that have had sustained success at the very highest level in MLB Mm -hmm. is very, very short. And we've been kind of grasping at straws to to draw correlations between he and, and some other historical figure. Because he plays in New York, and because we have relatively short memories, I keep hearing people in the press equate him to Daryl Strawberry. Mm. <laughs> and I wonder when they say that if they ever really saw Daryl Strawberry play. Yeah. You know, are they just a little bit too young? Daryl Strawberry weighed about 165 pounds, it seems like. Yeah. 
And, you know, he's a fluid athlete, as is George, uh, Judge for a guy that big. But my thing is, as I kind of take it in a, in, in a snap, and I haven't done a whole lot of research for this, but great big guys that are very tall, first of all, are, are defending a much bigger strike zone than guys that are shorter than them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you look at the difference and, and maybe compare how big the strike zone for Aaron Judge is versus a guy like, say, Jose Altuve. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're talking about twice as much area to cover. The other thing, and I know a lot of baseball scouts and have spent a lot of time around really smart guys when it comes to personnel. In 2017, baseball has become analytics-driven. You know, that thing has taken over over the last 15 or 20 years, and it's all about the numbers, and they're peeling these apart. When you look from a, a physique standpoint, I, the very first time I ever heard this, I thought it was silly. But then as I, I really started to pay attention, I'm like, I'm right. As a scout, when these guys go out, one of the things they're looking for with athletes or did in the past was guys with relatively short arms. And the reason for that is is the shorter your arms, the shorter your swing. So there's you can get the bat through the zone quicker, and there's less mechanically that you can screw up during the process of your swing. You take a guy, Aaron Judge, who is WWE-sized, mm-hmm. this guy's got to bring that bat a long way. And we've seen this before. Chris Bryant last year you know, was unstoppable. And now Aaron Judge is kind of going through the same growing pains. And I'm not going to say that Aaron Judge is not going to make it and that he's going to fall off and he's going to go call Kyle Schwarber. But what what – what do you expect from Aaron Judge long term, given what you've seen so far? See, I mean, history would tell you that, you know, he he could probably fizzle. This might be something that, you know, it's kind of he's he's popped off at the right time, but he's such a big guy that he can't maintain it. People will find that hole in his swing because of his, his long arms. But the one guy that you know, maybe if I was to be Aaron Judge and I wanted to base myself, you know, base my career to how to be successful, was I was looking at Frank Thomas. Yeah, big hurt. You know, Frank Thomas is 6'5", 275 pounds. Aaron Judge is 6'7", 282 pounds. And, you know, Frank Thomas, when he came up in the 90s, we I'd, I'd never seen anybody like that. You know, you don't see these big boys that are physically strong like that that are successful that long. And Frank Thomas not only hit a lot of home runs, but he had a great batting average, and he adjusted through it. So what I expect from Aaron Judge is that he'll continue to fine-tune his craft and be able to become that all-around, you know, five-tool player well, when it comes said, to hitting. What you said about Big Hurt was, you know, he was a strong guy. I don't think there's ever been any shortage of strong guys yeah. in MLB. It's the muscle-bound part of that. You know, when you talk about flexibility, if you look across to the National League, I think that you've got the equivalent of Aaron George. I keep wanting to call him George. Aaron Judge, which is a much cooler name, by mm-hmm. the way. But the equivalent in the National League to me is Giancarlo Stanton. Mm-hmm. And that dude's enormous. And he can't stay healthy. 
And that's what you've seen largely with these guys that are really cut up. That strength and that kind of weight training generally comes with a lack of flexibility. The two are tied very tightly together. And those are the guys that that get hurt. And Stanton's been that guy. Stanton will go on a tear for six weeks at a time where he's the best player in baseball. And if I'm not mistaken, just as a complete aside, and this is just kind of how my brain works, Giancarlo Stanton used to be Michael Stanton. Remember that? Yep, Mike Stanton. So here's the thing. I'm trying to figure out, is that just a thing you can do? <laughs> is change your name to Giancarlo? In, in roller derby, uh, you can. Well, I mean, yeah, well, maybe yeah. it's his roller derby name. I don't know. Diamond Dave, if you were going <laughs> to change your name, where would Giancarlo be on the list? Because <laughs> on mine, it's at the top, buddy. <laughs> Chris exactly. DeLambert would suddenly become Jean-Carlo D'Alembert. Dude, yeah, I, think about how cool that is. Oh, I'd like to comment about Aaron Judge. Please do. He's how, already you, got how, a cool how, name. How, how far could Aaron Judge hit a golf ball? That's what <laughs> I want to know. If the timing's right, there's no telling. But what I will say is he chipped his tooth Friday night in a celebration, which reminds me of the golfer – Grayson Murray golfer for, with his Bojangles. Yeah, exactly. Has anybody ever seen Aaron Judge and Grayson Murray at the same place at the same time? I doubt it. Could be the same guy. <laughs> there you go. But I will say, I think Trent hit on a lot of points. Pitchers are adjusting. Yes. And so now you're seeing them a second, third time in the rotation throughout the season. Now it's his time to adjust. I don't think he's wearing down. I don't think the home run derby took much out of him. He's too young for that to happen. It's gotcha. just his time to adjust. Well, we'll finish this up on the other side of the break. You're listening to From the Cheap Seats. Big news in the last week. We're now available on iTunes. So go to the iTunes podcast app. Check us out from the Cheap Seats. You can find us on Facebook. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. 
Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to the Cheap Seats, everybody. This is Chris Lambert, Professor Trent Nichols, and Diamond Dave Kaplan hanging out. MIA this morning, Brandon Atkins. I did see his photo on the back of a milk carton. I think, <laughs> I think that might have been jumping the shark a little bit. Ooh, uh, you like that? But, uh, no, he's down at the beach playing in the sun, toes in the sand. I don't know how this guy ever gets any work done. He's a dynamo. Now, does he do any work? No, not really. <laughs> but he's an awful nice guy. He's so. a great guy. I talked to him this weekend, and I know for certain if he were here at some point, we would have to talk about UNC and these mm-hmm. sanctions. He is so bent out of shape over this John Feinstein piece that just came out. No way. I, Not I, him. Yeah. Way bent out of shape. and. You know, he was going back and citing references and, and quotes and statistics about, you know, well, the programs I'm just glad, at UNC. Uh, John Feinstein's not the NCAA. So we got that going for <laughs> well, us. There you go. You, any more, you know, UNC? Yeah, well, I, you know, it's an academic issue. So I didn't know the NCAA is accrediting colleges now. Well, as a, as a UNC alum, how do you feel? I didn't you're, take you're, any AFAM studies classes. And, you know, there were just as many students. Maybe I think I should have. I feel a little robbed. My GPA could have used the help. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to clue you guys in on something, and this is serious. You know, I spent, I spent 20 years in the Army. I, unlike you, I didn't go straight to university. Um, my Army career led me on – some really wild adventures. Mm-hmm. But the last 10 years that I was in the Army, I worked for the recruiting command in a lot of different capacities. So I was out there selling the Army. I was the ambassador for the Army in, in the community. And I worked in several places across the country. I worked on campus facilitating recruiting programs in the interface between the Army and the colleges. And the reason I, I bring this round is every school I ever worked at had programs like this? Oh yeah. And I'll give you a for, I'll give you a for instance because the athletes get thrown out there in this instance. And I'll be honest with you, the UNC thing, I think it's funny, and I think they've paid a price, you know, in the on the recruiting trail and in the media, and they've gotten their black eye. And I think they've done enough. I think the NCAA needs to put this to bed. Yeah. Feinstein wants to take away championships. Yeah, whatever. He wants to sell books is what he wants to do. Yeah, well, that was funny. At the end of that article, I read the article. He's got a book coming out in August. He's got one coming out in September about the Ryder Cup. And so ultimately, he's trying to get people to read his article so he could sell his books. Well, I don't doubt that. Back to my point. And, and Brandon made the same point. I'm not trying to steal his thunder because I'm sure in a week or two he'll be out here and he'll rail about this because right. he, he's, he's pretty tied in. and he's Maybe kept we'll get up Feinstein with this. on the show. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen after Brandon <laughs> does his piece. So if we're going to do it, we need to do it today. Yeah. Um, he, here's my thing about the colleges. And, and in one particular school, and I'm not going to put any school out there, um, I put a young man into the Army to be, of all things, a tuba player. It's okay. a special mission thing. Yeah. The Army has these specialty bands. They're looking for these, these 
college-educated musicians to come play in these specialty bands. Well, they play the trumpet well at a funeral. They, it's a bugle, but whatever. A bugle. Yeah, sorry. Looks but like a trumpet. My point about this this tuba player is that as we when we went through the process of pulling his transcripts, he sticks in my mind because he had some of the most awesome courses yeah. that he had taken in college. And it was Theory of the Beatles, Pink Floyd in modern society. And I was looking at this and I'm like, dude, this is awesome. And he's like, those aren't real classes. You you caught that bar, right? He said they're not real real classes. classes. And this guy's deal was that he was in the marching band for this particular university and for the marching band kids because they have to spend those hours out on the field and all the rest of that. The band department would just, or the music department would just create these classes oh, and throw them credit hours for classes they literally never sat in. That, that, well, I mean, the, that's a true story. And that's the for sad real. thing about that is those are classes I would want to sit right? in. I mean, you know what? Well, I was going to say off air, tell me the college because, shoot, I, I need I, to I go. I will tell you yeah. off air who it is. But I'm telling <laughs> yeah, you, and, exactly. but I'm not, this isn't an anecdote really right because every university that i dealt with and we're talking about major institutions this is not a college where you're like oh yeah the uh you know the smithfield college of design no 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 this is a division one school wow and there are others and if you guys read my bio you might be able to peel it apart and figure out what schools (laughs) i'm talking about but every single one of those big d1 schools and there's about 10 of them that i spent significant time on campus with all of them had the same type thing going on. Wow. Right. And in, in general, not to say, well, the, the AFM program at UNC was better because at least they had to show up. It, no. It was, you know, plenty of situations where you didn't have to show up. It was, it was given to you because of other things. And what you said, Dave, the NCAA cannot get into the business of accrediting universities and determine what's okay and what's not. Period. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to get after that and say, well, the AFAM studies is, is obviously a, a, you know, a, a busted program. Well, then you have to get out and look at enrollment, you know, procedures at other schools and their pass fail thing. NCAA handle it. You, You know, you've got enough power already, but, and, and again, you're going to hear all this again, I'm sure, at some point from Brandon because right. he's been out of shape. Well, going back to your tuba player. All right. I had to take a music class. And what was your I'm music not, class? It was like <laughs> classical music appreciation. And the reason I took it is it was in a really cool – I had to take one. Got and it. it was in a really cool building. And the professor was really cool. Actually, I enjoyed it. I learned about minor and major, this, that, and the other, and different classical music and Beethoven and Bach and all that sort of stuff. And I was having a good time, and I was actually learning some stuff. And then halfway through the year, the professor got cancer. Oh, God. Yeah, any, any, or halfway through the semester. He left, and the teaching assistant took the class over and made it her mission to making a living hell and all of us had to be purist and all of a sudden an a went to like a c and i'm like really in music appreciation right i mean this she was brutal i, so, I wish i remember her name did I, you, you get put uh, her out there right here on ooh. the radio wouldn't you did you get academically uh, suspended from your intramural 
career? No. no okay. No, that's good. Yeah. Just making sure, because what happens yeah. if they took away some the, of your titles? My, my 1999, I think, intramural you, athlete. You of the could year. be in yeah. question now crazy from the mules. NCAA. Yeah, I could have put the Crazy Mules legacy in jeopardy there. Now, yeah. your tuba, your tube polo, wasn't that? Oh, water tube polo. Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you could have yeah. lost that championship. Well, here's yeah. my question, though. You told us before that when you were the 1999 <laughs> intramural athlete of the year, they gave you a backpack. Right. Think how good that backpack would look on these shelves. Ooh, I've got it. It's all ripped Shut up. Shut up. And, yeah, I still got it. I'll Dude. bring it in here. Oh, it's going up. And we're gonna yeah. I'm actually gonna put up lighting on to it and we're gonna put <laughs> okay, it into a case. For those of you that sitting at home that haven't been by, we have memorabilia all across one of the walls. And uh I'm excited. Yeah. That's really I'll cool. Yeah, I'll we're gonna it put in. it up, and well, I'm gonna I, get we a, probably have some crazy mules jerseys too. Dude, so I'll see if I can find one. There of those. will be a crazy mule jersey. I think uh, we'll bring it by Brandon. If you haven't heard, he was in a pro am one time. At <laughs> yeah. I think I've heard about it. Yeah. His scorecard <laughs> needs I think to I got, come up into the Wall of Fame here from the pro am. On oh, the play by play, I think we're somewhere <laughs> around hole number six in our conversation. Yeah. I think we're in a sand trap. Well, now yeah. that we, well, we've been in a trap, and the Farm Bureau Bowl came out still playing. He's on vacation. We got the pro am mentioned, and we're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah. All right. So I don't, this was unplanned, but that's cool. We were talking, <laughs> you know, we were talking about Giancarlo Stanton, and we were having some fun with his name. And you said that his middle name is Mike or Michael. Well, yeah, he has two middle names, Cruz and then Mike Stanton. His so first it's not name Michael, is it's just Mike. No, it's just Mike. So Giancarlo Cruz Mike Stanton. Yep. It's quite his a legal mouthful. name. Wow. Yeah. I still think. I want to see that birth certificate. Right? <laughs> I, I still think that it ought to be a thing. And any American male ought to just be able to change their name to Giancarlo. Giancarlo. So f- henceforth, we'll have to work on it. i got to get the blessing from, from Mama DeLambert. I don't know. <laughs> no, but while we were talking about that, we were talking about guys whose names have changed. And, you know, Meta World Peace pops into my head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> World be free. But one of the guys who I have seen a lot of here recently and I'm so impressed with, is Mahmed Abdul Rauf, formerly Chris Jackson. Now, this isn't just a, I felt like changing my name. This was a religious thing, and that's the mm-hmm. thing that lots of athletes have done right. over the years. But because of the age that I am, the basketball player formerly known as Chris Jackson is one of my all-time favorite athletes ever. <laughs> Are you old enough to remember Chris Jackson at yeah. LSU? Yeah. I don't know of a more dynamic basketball player at the college level ever. And as my son and I sat getting ready for the Jones fight this weekend, the Jones-Cormier fight, we were talking about the big three and this thing that Ice Cube has created. And this really could have gone sideways. They've done so many things right with this. I am so impressed that – I look at it and I'm like, it's almost as if Ice Cube didn't put this together with his team as an executive, but put it together as a sports fan. Yeah. And everything about it is 
is has been done well and we'll talk more about it on the other side you're listening to from the cheap seats check us out on facebook twitter instagram or send us feedback at cheapseatradio at gmail.com. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Kiramutu. Todos. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's Strong, and then there's Army Strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the cheap seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. All right, welcome back, everybody. Again, you can now find the show on iTunes. So those of you listening on WDCC 90.5 here in Central Carolina, follow us after the show over to iTunes. You can get the show on SoundCloud or now on iTunes, which frankly is a whole lot more is a whole lot easier to navigate. So we're excited about that. We feel like we're kind of big time. 
digging it. Um, Dave. Yes, sir. Did you get a chance to listen to last week's show? I know that's your workout music. You get fired up. Well, yeah. Well, I was here for a lot of it. You weren't here for a lot of it. You were here for like a segment and a half, man. No. You came in, talked about a little. It's almost half the show. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was here for the relevant part of it. Yeah. Gotcha. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Well, the reason I asked is there's a video that surfaced, and it reminded me of you because you always talk, and and not just on air. You're like, yeah, I was working out the other day. I was listening to you guys. Oh, have you seen the video oh. of Steph Curry making fun of LeBron James? You're looking at me with that no, thousand yard stare. You haven't yeah. seen it. Uh-uh. You don't know a whole lot outside the 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 realm of work. And playing golf, do you? Right. Well, not playing golf, watching golf. Yeah, okay. but, yeah. It's the end of Kyrie. Kyrie yeah. Irving will Kyrie never be Cleveland. in Cleveland again. Can't no. go back to Cleveland nope. now. It's over. No. And the video, you've seen nah, the LeBron. He'll be there. He'll be there. No. I, I think he's gone. This, is, this, this is a bridge Ooh. too far. Yeah. So you've seen the the commercials and the workout videos with LeBron, and he's sort of dance working out, and it's mm-hmm. you know the music's yeah. going and all the rest of that. Well, the music's playing. Steph Curry's there. They're at a party. Kyrie's with him. And somebody puts a camera on Steph Curry, and Curry just goes through the whole thing and is clowning LeBron James. And in the background, standing right there with him, looking like the drunk wedding crasher with his, <laughs> you know, his bow tie untied hanging around, is Kyrie Irving just laughing hysterically, egging him on. Mm. I This Kyrie-LeBron marriage – it's over. Oh, yeah. And I don't know where he's going to land, but at this point, I, I, I cannot see those guys coexisting. I was wondering how much motivation this will give LeBron to just beat the snot out of wherever Kyrie goes and Steph Curry. I mean, if I was in Vegas, I would click the odds of Cleveland winning the championship a little bit better now. Well, you got his attention, that's oh. for sure. And I honestly, I keep looking at it, and and right now, the Cleveland front office is maybe the most dysfunctional in all of pro sports, with the exception of the cross-down Cleveland Browns, because that's what the Cavaliers' front office reminds me of. It's a it's a disaster right yeah. now. I don't even think they know what they're. I, I don't. They they don't know what they're doing. But have you seen the LeBron workout video? Of course. Like it is so. It's I mean, no, stupid. no disrespect for the king, but you look ridiculous, ridiculous. dude. <laughs> Without oh, a doubt. Oh my gosh! So it, it was funny. Oh yeah. And I'm sure that LeBron, with the way he has dealt with things, he's never been good at taking criticism. He's never. He, the self-deprecation's not his thing. It, he's going to have a problem with this. Oh yeah. And given everything that's coming out and the stories that are going back and forth and on and on with him and Kyrie, it's done. Um, and people are – there's so much attention being paid to it. Now, we may all be wrong, but I don't think we are. The thing I'm, – I'm going against you. Are you? You think yeah. Kyrie's back and, and Kyrie Love and, and LeBron make one last run at this thing? I th- yep. And I think what all needs right. to happen is LeBron needs to get injured. And No, look, at the beginning of the season, at the beginning so of the Kyrie season. So Kyrie can shine. No, so Kyrie can understand he's Scottie Pippen. Oh. and put himself in his place. And not that they don't have a right to make – because that is ridiculous. The video is ridiculous. I mean, He'll understand. Know, so I get it. And maybe he will look at that and 
say you know that's when he funny. ends up that's, in, that's pretty funny <laughs> i mean when he ends up in new york he'll understand he's scotty pippen like when scotty went to right. houston or portland or wherever the heck he went i mean right. i there is i don't see it happening look i mean this I, one thing that i thought kyrie was asking to be traded if cleveland was going to build around kyrie maybe this was going to open up the door for lebron to leave for them to get pieces to trade lebron but that that won't happen yeah and then that yeah. that underscores how broken the Cleveland situation is because be you're right both. if this was just a matter of Kyrie wanted to be the center of the universe well he was going to get his opportunity yeah. LeBron's not making year. any bones about the fact he's out one more year so Kyrie it's obviously more than that and you know LeBron's had his issues with the organization Kevin Love I don't know how Kevin Love even gets out of bed in the morning with as much as he's been jerked around through this entire process, whether it's from the front office or the press or whatever, you would think Kevin Love doesn't even know how to play basketball anymore. It's kind of amazing where Kevin Love, when you consider where he was at in Minnesota, where he was, you know, he's a franchise player. And to come in this situation, and he's been everybody's whipping boy, LeBron, the front office, the league in general, and Kevin Love now is an afterthought. But Kyrie... If he wanted to be that guy, Kevin Love would have been there to be a sidekick for another couple of years. You're right. LeBron, they would have had whoever signs LeBron would have had to do some sort of sign and trade. One more year. He had well, to wait. He could have had his own team. Well, and, and, and just think, though, because Kyrie's no dummy and Kyrie's got a ring, so there's no desperation there. Think how bad it's got to be internally for him to have pulled this move. What bothers me about this, and we touched on this in each of the last couple weeks, Kyrie didn't put this story out there for public consumption. No. That was never the intent. Somebody in the organization did. And that's the question. Is it the organization? Is it LeBron? Are they in cahoots? Are they on completely different wavelengths? Because what they've done is cut off their nose to spite their face. They've lost their leverage, and now they're telling teams across the league, after all of free agency has unfolded, Oh, yeah, we're going to want a young player on a rookie contract, an established good veteran, and draft picks to go with it. Dude, that ship has sailed. I mean, you cancel Christmas. That's not going to happen. And then Kyrie could have been the main dog in the East that was LeBron James list because he would think, be out West. Think about something for a second, Trent. I, if, if Cleveland, who obviously knew, there were issues with Kyrie and that he wanted out of town. If you look at New Orleans, who signed Drew Holiday to a huge deal to yeah. come back, subtract Holiday from that equation and plug Kyrie in there, and you've got Kyrie, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins, dude, that's an earthquake. Yep. But at this point, the dust has settled. Yeah. The, the, the opportunity to make one of these gigantic deals, it shrinks every day as we creep through the summer. I don't know how Cleveland's going to get what they're asking. Now, good for them well, not panicking and sending them on. Go ahead, That's Dave. why I say that he'll be that back in Cleveland. Yeah. Well. See, but and then that going back to before the Paul George thing, 
Brian Winhurst is talking about how Cleveland is an organization that everyone wants to play. They love it. They love upper management. They feel they'll get Paul George and he'll sign a long deal because everyone loves to be there. In That's Cleveland? obviously a lie. Come and on. that was on, we talked about that, or I brought it up on the show. That was reported on the internet. I mean, obviously it's a train wreck. And <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. And you see the the whole disconnect with the general manager piece of it. I don't know what. I, here's the here's the underlying thing for me, and we'll put a bow on this. I promise. If I'm Kyrie Irving, and I'm listening to the vibes coming out of LeBron's camp, where it's he's made it perfectly obvious to anybody that's willing to look or listen that he wants out of Cleveland. Why? Because he doesn't have the horses around him to win a championship. I'm, if I'm Kyrie Irving and I'm 24 years old, I've, I've said this a million times. For me, he's the second best player in the East. You can make a case for John Wall. There's a couple other guys you can put in the, in the conversation. But you're certainly talking about one of the top five players in the conference. And this guy's saying, I got to go someplace else because it's not good enough here. Dude, you gave up a boatload to bring Kevin Love in, who was a, we forget, a franchise player in Minnesota, for whatever that's worth. Yep. Kevin Love is still a young, capable guy, and you go make him the focal point of the offense somewhere, he's an all-star. You've got this. What more do you really think you're going to put together someplace else? And to come and disrespect these guys that way, I, I'm not surprised. Not to mention Cleveland's kind of a nasty place to live. Yeah. Just saying. I think the uh, GM of Indiana is just waiting to be like, I could have gotten more for Kyrie Irving. That's funny. <laughs> well, and here's here, – I will say this, too, about Indiana because they've been filleted over yeah. the Paul George deal. And, oh, well, they could have gotten more than Oladipo and Sabonis. Really? Really? Because there's only Oladipo is still a young player. He's under control. He obviously hasn't, you know, blown the lid off the league. The kid's got skills. It doesn't cost him that much. He's on a relatively big contract. He's not cheap. But the thing with Oladipo is Oladipo is a lead pipe cinch to start. And yes, you can start to build a team around him. Sabonis. Sabonis, a nice young big, has got good hands, doesn't need the basketball all the time. You got two pieces that can start and play and contribute. To send this out, if you're looking at, if, if I'm Indiana, when you're saying, well, we didn't get much for it, well, you want a bunch of picks. Okay, well, unless you're dealing with the bottom half dozen teams in the league, what good are all those picks moving forward? You, you can't make that deal and then count on whomever you made the deal with to become Brooklyn yeah, and you to have the number one pick in the draft. I like what Indiana did. I think Victor Oladipo has gotten lost. I was disappointed with, with how much of the offense he got to have his hands in in Oklahoma City. I think in Indiana, he could be good, really, really good. So we'll see what happens. Um, we got just a few seconds left in the segment. You're listening to us on WDCC 90.5, the WBLZ Sports Net Network around the world. And, of course, 
the podcast is on iTunes now. So check us out from the cheap seats. We'd appreciate you subscribing. We'd appreciate it more if you'd subscribe and give us a positive review. We've got our big dodgeball tournament coming up here in Central North Carolina, October 14th. Check it out on Facebook at Cheap Seat Radio. Search for us from the Cheap Seats. We're glad you're hanging in there with us. Dave, five seconds worth of... No! Too slow, brother! Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert, Professor Trent Nichols. Diamond Dave Kaplan, contrary to popular opinion or the rumors that are out there on the internet, my name is not Giancarlo, <laughs> as much as I wish that it was. Somebody needs to uphick Wiki. Say, what did you, what'd you just say? Somebody what? needs we, we. to update we, Wiki. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys, Ooh. the fight this weekend, John Bones Jones made his triumphant return to the MMA, to UFC in particular. I know that you didn't see the fight, Trent, at least live. Diamond Dave? I did not see the fight. Once again, we revisit that, and you have a very small scope that you're involved with. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I well, hear there's still seats available for the other fight, the uh, Mayweather and uh, – McGregor. McGregor. Yeah, they're struggling. Yeah. Struggling on ticket sales. Well, of course they are. The world is changing, and the systems are not. You want to go? Do I want to go to where? To the the Mayweather-McGregor fight. No, sir. Uh, I will be be watching it uh, from the comfort of a bar stool at Buffalo Wild Wings in Sanford, North Carolina. I will be. Um, probably along with about 300 of my favorite friends. What's the fire code there, Trent? 203 people. There'll be 200. Get there. There'll be get 203 there early. people there. Yes. Um, 
I am excited about that. And I'll tell you what, if the McGregor fight, if the McGregor Mayweather fight is as exciting as the Jones Cormier fight, we would be lucky. We'd be really, really yeah, lucky. Yeah, it's that not, was a great fight. No, it's probably not. I will I will say this. Um I have you guys you so you didn't see the Chris Cyborg fight either, did you? No. Are yeah. you familiar? Do you even know who Chris Cyborg is? She. She. Oh, there you yeah. go. You're good. All right, good. good. That's all I need. I'm I, so, check. Look, not going to belabor the point. She beat Tanya Evinger. And here's the problem with women's UFC and MMA in general. Ronda Rousey was able to dominate her weight class because there was no one for her to fight. There are very few, statistically speaking, women mixed martial artists. Is that a fair statement? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So Ronda Rousey came out. Ronda Rousey's pretty. She was cocky. And she'd lay the wood. Chris Cyborg comes around. And <laughs> the UFC, to make this, to clear this up for anybody that's out there that doesn't follow MMA, there is no women's heavyweight class. The, 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 the biggest of the weight classes is featherweight. Mm-hmm. And earlier this year, back in February, they the UFC established the very first featherweight championship title for UFC. And they held a match, and I don't have it in front of me, but they awarded the title in February. And immediately said the new champ has to fight Chris Cyborg. Now, I have a rule in life. Never fight anybody whose name is Cyborg. <laughs> yeah. Just don't do it. Yeah. I, and, and, and Man my, or woman, no. no. I couldn't do it. No, no, no. And she weighs like 140 pounds. And Brandon and I joked in the past, I don't think Ronda Rousey could beat me up. I just don't. Oh. I mean, I, I don't want that to come to pass and figure <laughs> it out. It, and whatever. I'd pay to see Well, that. he said the same too. thing. And yes. I said two out of three falls, I think I could take Ronda Rousey. <laughs> okay. But Ronda Rousey's nickname is not Cyborg. Yeah. Right. Dude, you don't do it. And the only other one that I could think of, people that I don't want to fight, is Rampage. Yeah, you no. know, my, my my son asked me during the fight the other day, or during the undercard as we were talking, killing time while DirecTV screwed up the pay-per-view <laughs> and all the rest of that. We were sitting and he said, would you fight John Jones for $5 million? Yes. In a hot second. Yeah. I'd go take that whooping. Nope, no problem. Five million bucks? Yeah. Get me. I'd do it. I'd do it naked. <laughs> no, I mean, well, five million bucks? Come I would on, not. let John Jones I beat me to death. Watch I'm that. good. I mean, I'll tap out. I know how that works. I'm good. So, but he asked, well, who wouldn't you fight? And I was like, Rampage Jackson. There's no way I'm fighting that For dude. For $5 million. Yeah, $5 million bucks. I don't know, man. $5 million, You might I, not get to cash that check. Uh, yeah. I would have to take the risk. You'd man. $5 it? million, I would fight anybody on national TV, like you said, naked with a bow in my hair. <laughs> I couldn't guarantee that I would last more than one shot, but I would fight anybody. 
He's scrappy. Bring I him. like it. Kaplan, how about you? You taking that fight for five million bucks? I'm too pretty. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> nah, <I'm> just <laughs> wow. So you wouldn't do I, it? I, yeah, I mean, I would probably fight some of these ladies for $5 million. I, I don't know about uh, Look, here's my rampage thing. I think That's, I'd pass see, on. You're, you're missing it, man, because we're, we're, we're made from different stuff. My problem is, I, you know what, $5 million bucks, I'd fight Rampage, even though I joke about the name. I'd take that fight. Chris Cyborg, I wouldn't. $5 million bucks would not get me in the, in the ring with this 140-pound woman. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't happen. Because, because she would the, beat me up. So would that be too much big blow for your ego to get Absolutely. destroyed 100%. by a woman? 100%. I couldn't do it. And, yep. and that may make me a sexist pig. I don't care. But I'm not taking $5 bucks to take a butt whooping from Chris Cyborg. Dude, she is next level. And I've seen her fight before, and there's been a lot of hoopla about her. She hasn't just won every fight. In the last eight years, she's knocked out every opponent she's had for the last eight years. And what she did to Tanya Evinger this weekend, it was a, it was battery. I mean, I tweeted at one point, somebody in Evinger's camp's got to dial nine one one. And then as the fight wore on, I was like, this is going to be the single most one-sided UFC fight I've ever seen that did not end in knockout. Oh no. Cyborg was thinking the same thing and was like, I'm taking her out. And so eventually just What was Cyborg's her. walk-up song? Some kind of Irish bagpipe <laughs> nonsense crap. Because I saw I you know. complaining about but, the walk-up song. But look, you, when you're that awesome... It doesn't matter. Do no, whatever. I, I would have liked to have seen her walk up to a dead silent arena and roll right in because she's that much better. Is she, she the best female fighter you've ever seen? Undoubtedly. With, See, with beyond any shadow of any doubt. I would have to absolutely. disagree. Really? Yes. What do you got? Andy Kaufman. Shut up. Was <laughs> the best female fighter, wrestler of all time. Nice. The man on the moon, I wonder baby. if we could get Jerry the King on the show. <laughs> well. What do you think? Yeah. Captain, can we make that happen? Sure. He's sitting right. He can't be doing that much, man. Nah, no. Nah, we got to get Jerry nah. the King on. I'd love to talk to him about Andy Kaufman. And those of you who don't know what we're talking about... Uh, go back and hit YouTube. You can find the old oh, Andy yeah, Kaufman. Andy Kaufman, Jerry the man. He's the, the man on the moon, baby. So, but back to back to my thing. Before you derail this, <laughs> yeah. Tanya Evinger, who is a good fighter in her own right, comes out to face Chris Cyborg with Phil Collins <laughs> in the air tonight. Uh, of course. That. What are you doing? And then, yeah, I'm, I was mind blown. I didn't even know how to function. And then I see her, and she takes off the robe. And Cyborg, if you've ever seen Chris Cyborg, she is absolutely shredded. She got muscles on top of muscles. She's got like a 14-pack. I'm in love with Chris Cyborg. I'm not going to lie. My wife doesn't know that I have this affinity for Chris Cyborg. Tanya Evinger shows out, and I'm body definitely not beach ready is all I'm going to say. And you looked at the two of them. <sighs> I need to consult for these fighters in the MMA. That's what I need to be. I need to be a, a woman's UFC fighter consultant. One, your walk-up music. Come on, man. 
Second, if you haven't been working the abs a little bit, hmm. wear something up over the midriff and then your hair. Brother. Well, they all corn roll it. No, she didn't. That's the problem. What? She didn't do the cornrows. Oh, yeah. So she had it in this uh, little house on the prairie ponytail that she started with. And as she was taking these repeated bees to the head, the hair was flying all over the place. So she was battered, bruised, out of shape with her hair everywhere. It was something out of a horror <laughs> flick. God bless you, Tanya Avenger. You you were in there and you gave it your all. And was she but the was champ? Bad. No, the championship was vacated oh. because D. What is it? D. Redamy. I don't even know who it is. Won the title in February. They told her she had to fight Cyborg. She and she's no. like, "No, thank you." I like. <laughs> yeah, there's a uh, good a girl so, that shaves her head from Ireland that I really enjoyed fighting, but I'm an idiot because I don't know her name. So we'll look it, it up during the break. I don't. Well, know. Cyborg wants to fight Holly Holm next. Well, Holly Holm. That's I think we have a weight class out. issue. Yeah, but she she claims she's fought at 145 pounds in the past. And Holly Holmes will get killed. Holly right. Holmes was I, that. I agree. She was no. the Buster Douglas. She knocked out the king, and I, she lost her next fight. That's the problem they're having now. Nobody can defend for as long as Rousey. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Cyborg, man. I haven't seen anybody that's going to be Cyborg. Maybe there's somebody comes along. I don't know. But She's say Megan an Anderson is supposed to be her next victim. We'll see. I'm I'm wanting to see that Chris Cyborg, Dave Kaplan. <laughs> well, they did. The, did they interview you're gonna, the you're loser? Gonna how, you're gonna see how fast I can run. <laughs> <laughs> She's some man. I mean, you think about it. She's like what? Like I said, about 140 pounds. Dude. Mm-hmm. She's like a spider monkey with on steroids. It's crazy. WDCC listeners, follow us over to the podcast on iTunes from the Cheap Seat. Check us out. Thanks for hanging out with us. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkin. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, 
up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today, or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. All right, welcome back to From the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert, Trent Nichols, Diamond Dave Kaplan, holding it down. Brandon Atkins, we miss you, dog. Come on back. I think he'll be back next week. I don't know. It's always tough to tell. That dude's like, I'm going to the beach. I'm going to the beach. He goes to the beach more than you, Kaplan. Yeah. He does. <laughs> you got a place down there? Oak Island. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Kind of between where Brandon is and where he usually goes. Is he that usually... the island that doesn't have power right now? On the outer no, lands? that's Ocracoke. Uh, yeah. So do you, no, uh, too you far rent away. that out during the uh, rest of the year? Or... No. You're not for that. You're like a germaphobe. You don't want somebody to My wife. Really? Is, yeah. So if you no, were left no to your own bugs. devices, yeah. Like, yeah. God, bed bugs. That just the notion of mm-hmm. bed bugs is pretty disgusting. Right. So I used to be a realtor in a former life. And have you ever been into a place that has bed bugs? No, but my wife works for a hotel and Dude. Just hearing it, I don't I don't want to see it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. let's not talk about that. I hey, do want and nice places could get it. I mean Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. Nothing, but oh my god! So, Trent, you just bought a new house, right? Yeah, I bought one too, and in fact, we're sort of in the process of moving. So, if I'm a little frazzled right now, it's because <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what's going and what's staying, and when the guys are going to be there to turn the utilities on. The Wi-Fi should be being turned on right now, so my Perfect. wife hopefully remembered and is over there with the equipment so they can move the stuff over there. As part of this move, we're selling our current house and we did it a little differently than most people do most folks sell one then buy the other or do it simultaneous or whatever so yeah. i don't know if we're ultimately going to get this house sold or if we're going to rent it or if we're going to burn it down for the insurance money i don't know what we're going to do <laughs> i was i was getting ready to say <laughs> you know you both have new houses i know where to go for insurance but trent you now have a new house so. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll avoid Chris. So here's, here's what's going on. Our neighbor next door is also selling their house. And they've uh-huh. had it listed for a little while now. Mm. And 
they knew that we had plan that we were planning on some point at moving. Mm-hmm. So, on occasion, my neighbor would see me across the yard and wave, and you ready to put your house up? Nah, not yet, not yet. And and really, it all comes down to the fact that my wife and I are the biggest procrastinators <laughs> out there <laughs> because there were little paint things here or whatever. And we're also my wife in particular is a bit of a perfectionist, so she wasn't going to take pictures and have this thing on the market till it was pristine and ready to go. So we we turned that process into a whole lot longer and more elaborate than it probably had to be. But as they put their house up. And I'll tell you, they, they listed their house, I think, originally at 179 I think, on the one they're selling. And ours is a little bit bigger. And from my perspective, it's a little bit nicer. And the owner next door, my neighbor, asked me, well, how much are you going to list your house for? And I said, eh, I think we're going to do about one we're, we're ready to get up out of it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I wouldn't list that house for less than 190 Well... Maybe we'll see how it happens. Well, we came in, and as theirs was listed at one seventy eight, one seventy nine, we came in and we listed ours at one seventy four nine, and I felt a little bad for it. But we know what we want to get out of it. We're good, and we were trying to be aggressive with our pricing. Well, immediately they reduced the price on theirs, and now we're in a price war on this house with theirs and they're going back and they're just a little bit under us now whatever so we're, we're, we're playing this little game and it's very passive aggressive I like the folks I love them to death they've been good neighbors but we've got this little price war going on and I was thinking the other day and and I wanted to call you Trent about it and get your your idea because I asked my wife well what can we do to set our house apart without being nasty because she's like, we ought to, you know, we ought to, we ought to, you know, start spreading stories about the house or whatever. And I thought about it. I said, you know what? Fake news is the the word of the day, right? <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, creating a fake real estate blog and starting a rumor that that house is haunted. Ooh. And well, was, that, that might get it purchased. Well, you see, know, that's some, the some problem. Might, and, that's... and Nedge, she's she's so much smarter than I am. She said, dude, you can't do that because nobody, there's no value in living next door to a haunted house. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, but you'll have some freaks out there who are like, haunted, I'm there, I want to move in. So we don't even get the value of appealing to the freaks that want to live with ghosts, but you scare off everybody because they're like, no, nah, that place next door is haunted, I'm not fooling with it. So then I thought about it, and I'm the consummate salesman. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'll get one of these paranormal society crews to come in and certify my house ghost-free and add it to the listing. Is that not genius? So here's how the thought process went. At work at the Temple Theater, we have had several paranormal investigation teams come and do investigations at the temple. Yeah. Place was built in 1925. It's got a lot of history. Whether or not it's haunted is for you to decide. I will say this. I've worked there for almost five years. I've never had a negative feeling. You know, just, mm-hmm. So if there's something there, it's not sinister. But I was like, I've got these contacts. Let me go back and reach out to these folks. Can you get them to investigate this building? Because... <laughs> There's a chance that this building's haunted. I mean, Gio Bernard calls just pop in out of the blue. 
Here's even, all of a sudden, look, the roof feels like it's falling in from time to time, and drills running mysteriously. Uh, we should do it. Yeah, we should yeah. do it. But here's what I wanted to do, and it was—I thought it was going to be really good. I thought it'd be really funny. I wanted to call one of these paranormal groups while we were on the air and ask them what it would take to get them to come out and certify my place as ghost free. Yeah. All of them turned me down. Yeah. So one the one of a couple things is going on. Either they take themselves too seriously and they thought I was going to make fun of them, which would be really <laughs> yeah, easy to do because they hunt ghosts. <laughs> yeah. Or they don't understand the whole marketing thing because they're always looking for attention. They're looking for hits on their videos and all that because they're trying to get the next reality type show on one of these cable networks. That's why they're doing this. Or maybe I've got it all wrong. Maybe it's for the love of the game. Yeah. And they're ghost purists. They're very I, socially awkward. They can't deal I with humans enough. No, stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. I'm not trying to denigrate anybody. No. But I thought this would be a great opportunity. We'll come in, you know, it, legitimately, I'm sure there's somebody out there listening that's like, I think there's something going on in my house or at the office or this warehouse that I work at or whatever. This would have been a perfect time for them to put their brand on Front Street yeah. Yeah. and get it out there. And so all of them across the board. Let, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Can they improve the school district? Because that'll sell your house. That's a <laughs> thanks, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Now, what kind of questions? When you ask them, like, so did you ask them, "Hey, I'd like to try to set up something. Can you talk to me on the radio?" Or did you say, "Hey, I want to get my house certified that it doesn't have any ghosts"? You know, did they so, have a checklist? Like, I, I learned. Uh, I learned do your coffee lessons. cups move? I, I, I thought I was learning lessons through this process. The first one that I reached out to. Had, I had just done an investigation with these folks a couple months ago. Brandon and his kids were actually there for it. It was pretty wild. And and for anybody that's interested, didn't find a single thing going on at the Temple Theater. That's hard to believe. It was, it was, it was very boring. But I reached out to them and basically told them specifically I mean. what I wanted them to do. That I want to, you know, kind of have fun with this. And, you know, can you guys come out and decertify my or certify my house as ghost free? And then after we've done that bit and had a little fun with it, I'll give you guys a chance to talk about what you do, tell some stories yeah. about things you've seen. Because I've sat with them. I know these people. And they've got some stories that will I mean, they'll blow your mind. It's some wild stuff, whether it's legit or not. And then give you guys a chance to sell your brand, you right. know, and, and get some attention. And I, what I got back eventually was... We respectfully decline. I'll show you my phone. That was the te- I didn't even get a call. It was a text. We mm-hmm. respectfully decline. So I was like, well, hey, I'm questioning their ability. Is wow. Because I've been to the temple multiple times, particularly in December and saw three ghosts every <laughs> night I was there. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> That was pretty lame. <laughs> That's pretty good, though. Yeah. So the, I, I know you've seen it. Oh, come on. Four times a week. 
Five times, six times, however six many times. times a week, yeah, man, that's right. Christmas, Christmas Carol. If you're in Central Carolina, come through for a Christmas Carol at Temple Theater. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's haunted. Yeah, <laughs> scary ghost stories. Well, I mean, you know, Tales that facility was built back in the 20s. Yeah. It's built yeah. over top of a well. There's a lot of energy's been in that building. Has anybody There's, died in it? So I don't know that anybody's died in the theater. This no. could be something that they could branch out and market. Hey, we'll certify your house as ghost free when you put it on the market. And right. they don't want to do it. Right. right. Why? I don't know. And even if that's not a thing, I mean, if you, it, let's say that there was a circumstance arose and you felt like you legitimately needed somebody to come in and take a look at something, whether it was work, school, church, whatever. Right. right. Who would you choose? I mean, do you go solicit referrals? I wouldn't, you know, yeah. me, if I didn't know you, I, we would have to be pretty tight for me to come and be like, hey, look, man, you know any paranormal investigators? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just need to come by the house or I'm asking for a friend. Come on, man. You would but, try to get taps from the TV show. Right? You know what I mean? Um, but they're not going to do exactly. it. Exactly. So if you go in and you start searching Facebook or you Google Sounds like whatever a good business book, model. Right. But but here's the thing is we gave you a chance to be in front of an audience that otherwise wouldn't know your name and they're like, nah, <laughs> uh, nah no thanks, we're good. And, and I'm trying to figure out, is it because they were afraid they'd be flooded with calls? Was it because they'd get crank calls? Is it because they were scared to talk to me? These folks know me. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, we'd had fun with it, but I wouldn't have embarrassed them, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> I, no. tried to. I could see it. Home so, inspection. We had the roller derby on there. We didn't make fun of it. I mean, now they're going to be a part of the of show. Me. Exactly. Right. I think she was questioning my sanity and my ability she to comprehend. There's perfectly. no balls in roller derby. I'm still, like, hurt by that, man. I'm shattered. Actually, though, as that show was going on, I was like, oh, my God, we're all over the place with this whole roller derby thing. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts. Every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seat.
Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats, everybody. I'm Chris DeLambert. Professor Chet Nichols and Diamond Dave Kaplan are hanging out with me for the last time. Brandon's not here. So if you tuned in for Brandon, I apologize. We'll try hard. <laughs> so we were talking about I we were talking about roller derby as we went into the break. And last week as we sat here with Eileen Uscream from Fayetteville Roller Derby, and thanks again for her to come in and hanging out. As we did the show, I was like, my God, this is all over the place. What are we what are we doing? This is this is kind of crazy. And I got back and I listened to the tape of the show as we were getting it ready to put the, the podcast version up. And I was like, dude, this chick is more talented than all of us. Money as far as a radio voice. She was really good. Man. Yes. So I have reached out to her and she is going to come back fairly regularly. And, and we had a lot of fun. She was cool. Um, I don't know that I want to talk about Philly sports as much as she wants to. But, <laughs> but uh, you know. I knew that she had a little bit of a sports acumen, but she held her own, man. It was oh, yeah. good. She was, was good. great. So we had a lot of fun. Thanks, Eileen Uscream, for coming out. And uh, big, they got a big game coming up in Greensboro this coming weekend. Yes, not this weekend, but the following weekend, August 12th, sounds right. Yep. They'll be up in the Greensboro area doing their thing. We wish them the best of luck. Uh, check out FayettevilleRollerDerby.com if you want tickets for that. And uh, it's yeah, uh, fun. $12 at the door, $10 in advance at the Greensboro Coliseum. Look at there. Hmm. And I was just talking about how good her radio voice was, and there you go. There you go. Putting a little bass in there. Well, thank you very much. Doing some ad work. You got a, and, and you they, got a representative, man? You got an agent getting you work around the, the <laughs> No, not yet. I'm uh, you know, working some kinks out with my voice. It's all right, uh, though. I can dig it. <laughs> and they, they are in the Crown Coliseum. They right? do play at the yeah. Crown. They do it yeah, the way they're we need to take. What if we take this thing on the road? Well, that's the plan. I yeah. think that's what's going to happen. Um, they I, promised I, us a couch. That's right. Play by play. That's right. And 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 we don't. When it comes to like VIP type comp stuff, oh, we're on that. We won't forget. Yeah, they promised us a couch. We will be down there at some point Absolutely. on the couch. But uh, yeah, we're about to step up our on the road game. Um, presently, every other Wednesday, I host trivia. At my favorite watering hole, libations, purveyors of something. I don't even know what the thing is. Libations, though, here in downtown Sanford, um, we have a lot of fun with that. We always have a good sports category, but we do we do five rounds uh, playing for for a bar tab. It's a really really good time. We have fun. So come out and hang out with us if you're in the Central Carolina area. Um, dodgeball again, October 14th. This will be the second time we've done this this year. And uh, we really plan to blow this up. One, it's a lot of fun. Two, we're raising money good for a good cause. Uh, every nickel we bring in will go directly to Rotary's Coins for Alzheimer's Research Trust, uh, which is a really cool charity, first of all, because of what they do, but how they're set up makes it even better because all of their administrative costs are covered by donors that are tied to Rotary around the world. So literally, all of the money they bring in goes directly into the grants for Alzheimer's research researchers across the globe. So, you know, if you come in and pay a $50 entry fee for us, every one of those $50 is going to find their way directly to one of the specialists who needs this. The fact that it's 2017 and we can't kick Alzheimer's is really kind of disappointing. Yeah. But, well, um, and, and how like we're so far it. away from it. Yeah. I mean, I don't really think there's been a 
tremendous amount of advancement. Nope. Some medications, but it just, yeah, you know, it just keeps a person from getting worse faster, I guess. Yep. But it's still, it's not, it doesn't slow the progression that much. Well, one of the things that really got my attention as I learned more about Alzheimer's is the effect that it has on family members. Oh, yeah. And what they there's numbers now because there's been enough research done over the years that the life expectancy of spouses mm-hmm. of Alzheimer's victims decreases significantly. It knocks years off of their lives right. because of the strain and the stress that it the creates. Physical and, uh, of course, the mental stress, both of them combined. Yeah, yeah. It's a, I can it's attest a to that. Well, it's, so. a, it's a horrible disease, and we want to do our little part and have some fun while we're doing it. So October 14th, 10, 10 a.m., we'll play down at the Armory in downtown Sanford. We're hoping to have 50 teams out there. Uh, we're starting to get that cranked up, but we're going to add some bells and whistles. Uh, we'll have an MC out there. We'll have some walk-up music. We'll have some prizes. And, Is and Trent sort of, going to be the MC? Trent actually will probably be too busy playing. I'm thinking no. Tony Chilton will be out there to do the MC okay. work for us, and Tony's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, you I would, need to work on that agent. Yeah, to, yeah, I know. I'm getting no love. <laughs> and as we're as we're doing this, I just got a call. I'm positive that's a that's an inquiry on my house, so everything's looking up. Oh, yeah, the paranormal activities. Yeah, what, the, they I'm, heard I'm, the still, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm I'm a little I'm a little hurt over this whole thing. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. And, and what I started to say was the first piece that I did. Or the first the first inquiry to one of these people, I was like, "This is what we want to do." Well, when they were hit me with the respectfully declined piece, I was like, "All right, well, let me change this up." I could see where they might have thought they were going to be the butt of a joke, so I reached out to a different one and kind of lightened it up and said, "Hey, look, you know, we think this would be funny, but we really want this to be a showcase for you and your brand and give you a chance to talk about what you do." And they were like, "Nah, we don't have anybody available." What? <laughs> I was offering to do this on the phone anytime as a taped piece that oh. we would come back in and put in. They didn't need to be up at, at the I, butt crack of dawn. See, that's what I was going to say. No. They work all night. Right. To come ah. in at 8 o'clock in the morning, that's their sleeping time. I can dig it, man. Yeah. And then the last one just shut me down right off the bat. Nah, it really doesn't sound like what we do. So maybe you're right. Maybe it's a social anxiety thing, and they prefer dealing with apparitions. Talking to people stuff. alive is not but, a fun thing. But, Dave, here, here's the question for you. You're in the insurance business. If you suspect the haunting somewhere, does that impact somebody's ability to get coverage? Premiums? No. Anything? No? No. Yeah. Fair enough. Not unless they're doing some physical harm to the structure. <laughs> well, what about their <laughs> well, personal property, Yeesh. you know? Or or personal property, yeah. Because they could have a bunch of valuable stuff that gets broken that they need to file a claim on their homeowner's right. insurance. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know if. Uh, I don't know if paranormal activity is a covered peril. You know, oh, I have five thousand dollars worth of stuff, but this ghost just broke all my grandma's china. I see. You need to replace it. And Dave, I have to. I have to respect your honesty there because you had a perfect chance to be like, "Well, Farm Bureau cover that." No, <laughs> you're like, "No, no, not covered by peril." No, no I'm going to check my policy. I think right? who I, I my my good neighbors might have that in the uh, the policy without saying any names. Yeah. <laughs> Got to check it out. So we were talking about ghosts and demons and all the rest of that. Three headed monsters. That's one of the teams in this big three thing that that. Yeah. Uh, that Ice Cube's put together. And I was singing his praises earlier. It's entertaining. 
I mean, these guys are out there, and and when I heard the concept, I'm like, ah, they're going to trot out these has-beens and whatever. But these guys are still doing their thing. And the guy that, that kind of jumped back into my head again was Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. And I knew exactly who he was as soon as I saw him, and I was like, oh, my God. Chris Jackson's back out on the basketball court, and he'd probably get mad at him calling him Chris Jackson. But Abdul-Raouf, to me, is one of the most dynamic college players of all time is back out there doing his thing. But then, and I hadn't, I don't know why this hadn't occurred to me. I thought about it and I was like, wow. Mahmed Abdul-Raouf was Colin Kaepernick before Colin Kaepernick was Colin Kaepernick. Hmm. Because if you think back, this is the first guy that I can remember that created an uproar when he refused to acknowledge the national anthem. And when he was okay. with, I want to say, it was the Nuggets at the time. Is that is that right? I believe so. He, after he went through the whole conversion to Islam and changed his name, would not stand up for the anthem, and was part of what sort of hastened his exit from the league. But he was a pariah. And this is a guy that wasn't out in San Francisco. This is a guy that's from Gulfport, Mississippi, where. Folks, they, they take a couple of things really seriously. Yeah. And their flag and the, and the <clears throat> national anthem are, are among those things. And I thought about it, and I was like, you know what? All the hoopla associated with it, um, why is it so shocking in this day and age that an athlete does something that's been done over and over and over repeatedly through history? Is this whole Colin Kaepernick hoopla overrated are we making too much of it or are we just in a very very sensitive time and it's because of everything else going on i'd like your geopolitical perspective on that mr kaplan i just don't know why the ravens are even considering them. it's a third string quarterback well right? i'll say this about the ravens the ravens have closer ties at this point to Colin Kaepernick probably than anybody in the league. Greg Roman was his offensive coordinator out there in San Francisco, so he knows him as well as anybody. And John Harbaugh, brother of Jim, who, you know, banged the drum to get this kid drafted in the first place, and the fact that they passed on him to sign an Arena Football League quarterback (laughs) to come in. (laughs) And I'm not even trying to – I mean, if not there, then where? And, and frankly, I think that Baltimore probably had built a little bit of capital up with the fan base when they didn't bring Ray Rice back. Right. Or did they? Oh, Are they like, hey, because they're not a team that when you look at, you know, they've, they've, <laughs> they've moved past the Ray Lewis killing people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> era. But that's the thing that you think about with morality is you're like, okay, well, Ray Rice, you know, they, they gave yeah. him the boot. So they were in a good position. You know, nobody would say, well, and let's go here. The Cincinnati Bengals. Cincinnati Bengals with Pac-Man Jones and with Chris Henry and all the rest of the stuff that sort of followed them. If the Bengals bring in Colin Kaepernick, oh, my God, there go the Bengals again. All right, we'll be right back. Jay Bliss will be on the phone with us, wants to talk a little bit about Colin Kaepernick. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkins. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show.
When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years, and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Now, from the Cheap Seats with Chris DeLambert and Brandon Atkins. All right, welcome back. I'm Chris DeLambert, Professor Trent Nichols, Diamond Dave Kaplan. We're two-thirds of the way through this thing. Good friend of mine, Jay Bliss, comedian Jay Bliss from Charlotte. Um, I got to know Jay years ago when, uh, when I booked him. And uh, he has agreed to become a regular contributor. And first out of the gate, and we'll let you guys decide what you think, he wanted to talk a little bit about Colin Kaepernick and his situation. We'll see how this goes. Hey, man, how you been, man? How's it going? Good, 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 good. Seems like a million years since uh, since we booked you at the temple and, and you blew your headliner off the stage, man. No, that, was, <laughs> that wasn't. I don't know about blue the headliner off the stage. It was a, uh, it was a scheduling conflict, and uh, I guess uh, 
they, they, they didn't know that I was going to do what I was going to do. But I yeah. <laughs> That's very gracious of you, man. That's very gracious. That's yeah. not the way I remember it. But, uh, you know, we'll, 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 we'll change the names to protect the innocent. Right, right. So, so you've been you've been in Winston-Salem this weekend. What's going on up there? Yeah, I was. Um, it was a preliminary, uh, the pre-festival for the uh, National Black Theater Festival that they have in Winston-Salem every year. And um, I had an opportunity to open up for uh, Sinbad. So Sinbad. That, was a good, that was a good look. Yeah, man, I think it was like close to over a thousand people there, man. So it was a good crowd, man. Everybody came out there ready to laugh. And, um, it was my job to go out there and warm them up. Dude, when you got to go break, you didn't go and blow him off the stage, right? Nah, you can't blow Sinbad off the stage, uh, man. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's a whole different monster, man. I mean, he comes out, waves his hand, everybody starts laughing. So that's not even that's not even close. So yeah, it was good. Well, the last time you and I spoke, we talked a little bit about Colin Kaepernick. I know you're a big sports fan, man, and and you know yeah. while you're on the road, you know you you you, you keep you stay knee deep in sports. But I want to know what you got to say about why Colin Kaepernick still get not got a job. Well, you know, there's a lot of different there's a lot of different angles that you can take from this. I mean, you got a whole group of people that saying they're going to boycott the league if Colin Kaepernick doesn't get a job, right? Then you got a whole another set of people that saying that he's being blackballed out of the league uh, because of what he did by taking the knee during the national anthem. So I talked about this on my podcast, right? So this is how I look at the situation. He's not being blackballed, number one, right? And for anybody that's saying that they're going to be boycotting the NFL before he get a job, well, look at for what it's worth, okay? His talent level does not quantify the controversy. So what basically what the, what the teams are saying is, is we're basically signing a backup quarterback. And is this backup quarterback worth the headache to sign this backup quarterback? Now, it'd be different if he was a starting quarterback. That means he's there to win games. So if you're winning games, then, yes, it's worth the controversy. So we go to this uh, – if they go into their their preseason and two quarterbacks go down for a team and they have no quarterback, Colin Kaepernick gets signed immediately. And the reason why he's getting signed is because his talent level at that point is there to win games and it's worth the controversy. So nobody's going to take on controversy from any player if their talent level isn't worth it. And I'll give you case in point. All Colin Kaepernick did was kneel during the national anthem, right? He kneeled on the national anthem, and he was basically bringing light to the fact that police officers aren't treating black people the same way as other people in this country. Or some police officers, I'm not going to say all, some police officers. And it's true. It happens, okay? And that's a big controversy. He didn't break the law. He just used his First Amendment. I mean, he used his, uh, his, his constitutional right to be able to uh, protest, right? So he's not getting a job because of that. Well, Adrian Peterson whooped this kid in a backyard with a switch, right? <laughs> like it was like it was a like it was a like it was a field hand, right? And then you had uh what's your boy named Greg Hardy threw his girlfriend on a bed full of guns and threatened to kill her, right? Then she didn't show up to court because he paid her off, right? They both ended up getting jobs. Why? Because their talent level superseded the controversy. They were willing to take the bullet over that controversy to be like, look, this person can win those games. Same thing happened with Michael Vick. Michael Vick got out of prison in the equal side, immediately out of prison. And they signed him because they was like, you know what? We know we're going to deal with controversy, but he's going to win us some games. So if Colin Kaepernick was a top five talent, we wouldn't be having this conversation. I'll give you a better example. 
What if Cam Newton was the one that was kneeling? Do you think he would get benched right now? Do you think they would cut him? Steady. Steady. Don't start talking about Cam. All I'm saying is, is if he kneeled down during the national anthem, do you think the Panthers would have cut him? No, absolutely not. And if they did, do you still think he wouldn't have a job? No, he'd be paid somewhere. And he would get picked up immediately. He would get picked up immediately, wouldn't he? Well, yeah, he would. You drop Cam into the situation, and, and I mean that's a hypothetical. Ben Roethlisberger, how many women's he got to rape before he, the he played, well, three rape, three three rape charges, right? But but that's, that that basically makes my point. If it had been him, right? Ben is winning is winning games. If he was not winning games, that's why that's why Johnny Manziel doesn't have a job anymore. You know what I mean? Like, like people, they're not going to put up with the controversy if you can't win them a game. So that's basically what it boils down to. And somebody's saying, oh, they blackballing him because he stood up for his rights for black people. I mean, he's doing a great thing as far as donating money and giving his time and effort for all the things that he's doing uh, for the uh, disadvantaged youth within America and then bringing light to the whole situation. He's doing the right thing. But his talent level is not where it needs to be. You know what would have made a better point about bringing uh, acknowledgement to how police officers are mistreating black people? If Aaron Rodgers had took a knee, right? Tom Brady had took a knee, and Ben Roethlisberger had took a knee. If they would have took a knee for the same reason, it would have made a better point. But they all let they were like, with. It, it, it's not. They, they, I'm telling you, they would they would have made a better point because people would have said, wait a minute, it, it must be a problem. There wouldn't have been as much vitriol going on between the fans if those were the ones that were taking the knee over what they did. But the fact that it was Colin Kaepernick, they were like, oh, well, you know, he's just an angry black guy. No, he's not an angry black guy. He's telling the fact, but he's a backup quarterback when he did it. And if he had been a starting quarterback and a top five quarterback, we wouldn't be having this discussion right now. Because if Cam Newton had did it, he's a top five quarterback in the league. If Cam Newton had did it, we wouldn't be having to discuss. It wouldn't even be an issue. They'd be like, Cam did it. He's still starting. It's time to move on. That's all they were going to say. And if they would, if the Panthers would have cut him, the Browns would have picked him up immediately. No hey, well, and, and, and had he wound up in Cleveland, he would have suddenly sucked anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but he still did. But they would have been like, well, it's worth the controversy. It's worth the controversy. That's, that's how you have to look at it. I don't think that Colin Kaepernick is being blackballed. All I'm thinking is, his talent level isn't worth the controversy. That's all it is. He, if he never kneeled, he would have had a backup job as a quarterback, right? But the fact that the controversy, which it shouldn't even be a controversy, the fact that it is a controversy, owners, coaches don't feel like it's worth the time and effort from the media standpoint to deal with over a game, over a backup quarterback that probably not going to win your game. If he gets fired as a starter, they're going to deal with it. So, what's, what's the quarterback in uh, the quarterback in uh, in in, in uh, L.A. now in the ranks? Is that Goff? Jared Goff, yes, sir. If, if he goes down, right, they might sign Colin Kaepernick. I mean, they but, might sign. But you think headed into camp, there's there's not mm-hmm. enough reward on that risk for anybody in the NFL, and they're just going to no. they're going to take a seat and. No, because right now, if you sign him right now, that's all they're going to be talking about for camp, right? So everybody's distracted, right? But we've got all this distraction from a backup quarterback, not a starter, the backup. So they're not going to deal. They're not going to want to deal with that. 
So they're not going to deal. They're not going to want to deal with that. You got to think out. You got to think about it logically. I'm telling you, that is the only reason. If Colin Kaepernick was a top five or ten talent, we would not be having this conversation. And everybody who been hollering and talking about he's an American would have to swallow their pride and just deal with it and be like, so what? Guess what? We don't care. And every owner would have been in front of the camera going, we support his beliefs. We believe that there are some injustices in this country. <laughs> yeah. And, and go, and go, yep, yep, and go whatever team they're talking about. Like, yeah, go, go Browns or go, go Steelers, whatever. They, 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 they not going to care. They like, listen, winning gets us money, period. And we not going to deal with no media attention for no backup quarterback. It's not going to happen. I got it, man. We've had this look at Michael. Look at Michael Sam. Look at Michael Sam. Look at Michael Sam. Michael Sam is the perfect is the perfect example. And Michael Sam, when he came right. out, that yep. was the bottom line. Nobody cared. Nobody I, cared. I, I'm sure if you polled NFL players, 85, 95 percent of them didn't give a dog on. They want to know can the guy get to the quarterback? And the yep. fact was, his skill set was never going to translate to the NFL. He's too undersized. And when you can't win us, when you can't win us games. You are getting cut. And when you get cut, people will be like, oh, man, they only did a sign on King's game. Nah, that dude can't play the game. You not, we not, you're not worth the controversy. Now, let him have been Lawrence Taylor. And he was getting, he was getting uh, 20 sacks a season or 15 sacks a season. Man, they wouldn't care. They wouldn't give two parts. Nope. You're absolutely right. So, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, like I said, I'm not boycotting the season. You know, I believe everything that Colin Kaepernick is doing. I believe in what he's doing. I believe things need to be brought to the light because there's some dirty cops out there and there's some people out there that shouldn't be cops. And cops need to speak up on the ones that ain't doing their job properly. And and those things need to be brought to the limelight and things like that. And when he get a job, I'll be happy for him. But if he don't, I guarantee you he's still going to do the same thing he's doing right now and that's bringing attention and still putting his own money up to do things to change it. But ain't nobody talking about that. So, you know, they mad. Let him pick his hair out more. I'll pick it out some more. I want him to have the biggest afro of all time. I want him to have the biggest afro. I want his afro to be so big. When he get back in the NFL, they won't even have a helmet to fit him. They're like, we can't even get a helmet on this dude. That's how big I want his afro to be. I want his afro to be ignorant. And then uh, <laughs> I want it to be so big that they start selling Afro wigs at the games. That's like that's how big I want it to be. You well, know what I mean? You know, so, he, gets a, he gets a shot as a backup quarterback somewhere and slips up into the right situation. Who knows, man? And the marketing geniuses of the NFL have that. So, <laughs> where, where can we right. see you next? Uh, next, I will be in, uh, I will be in the North Carolina's funniest finals on Tuesday at Goodnight in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, and then I think I have a show in Tryon, North Carolina, that Wednesday night, Saturday, I'm in a corporate gig in Miami. So uh, just keep a lookout. Look me up, uh, Comedian Jay Bliss. That's Comedian, the letter J, B-L-I-S-S. Google that, at that. Do whatever you need to do on social media to find <laughs> me. And uh, I will have all my uh, my show dates and things like that, man. I, hey, man, it's great uh, talking to you, man. Hopefully I'll be able to do something on a regular basis with you on your show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. You grew up knowing you could do anything. As a soldier in the U.S. Army, you'll test your limits and feel the pride of doing things you never thought possible. With guaranteed training in one of more than 150 career fields, 
up to $40,000 cash enlistment bonus, you'll earn a steady paycheck, get money for college, and gain valuable experience while you learn how to be a valued team leader. To find out more, call your local Army recruiter or visit us at GoArmy.com. They're strong, and then there's Army Strong. The V Foundation and board member Robin Roberts are dedicated to declaring victory over cancer by funding cutting-edge research. Jim Valvano's greatest legacy is the V Foundation. You can help join the fight, give the gift of time. We need passion, we need teamwork and momentum. The time to act is now. There's not a moment to lose. Every dollar counts, every day counts. To find out how you can join us to defeat cancer, please visit JimmyV.org. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career that I could be proud of. At DAV, we're on a mission, helping veterans of all generations get the benefits they've earned. I'm Cece. My victory was finishing my education. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Welcome back to From the Cheap Seats. Find us on Facebook at From the Cheap Seats, on Twitter at Cheap Seat Radio. Basically, if you look for cheap, at Cheap Seat Radio anywhere on social media, you're going to find us and may have a new platform that we're going to jump into. Right now, you can find us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can find us where at? The iTunes, iTunes Store. Yeah. iTunes Store. The question was, are you guys going to go on Google Play? We're working on it, dog. We're mm-hmm. working on it. So we're, we're getting there. To put a, a bow on Jay Bliss's thoughts, if Colin Kaepernick were one of the best 10 or 15 quarterbacks in the world right now, somebody would find a home for him. Oh, yeah. The fact that Greg Roman, who was his offensive coordinator in San Francisco, and John Harbaugh, who obviously is his previous head coach's brother, if they don't think highly enough of him, then it's – I mean, it's pretty obvious. The risk is yeah. – or the reward not is worth not it. worth the risk. I do – this kind of came out of nowhere over the weekend. The U.S. women, you know, we, we've talked about the Gold Cup and the – Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know that was worthy of a round of applause. <laughs> so, the uh, the thing that you got to look at with men's soccer, I talked about the Gold Cup and CONCACAF mm-hmm. and they can't get it right. Women's soccer – Man, if their product is premium and the right. U.S. loves a winner, the U.S. women's soccer team is amazing. And the performance they pulled off this weekend against Brazil in the – is it the Tournament of Nations? Is that what tournament they're playing? Tournament of Nations. The Tournament of Nations. That's tournament. a dope name for a tournament. So, Dave, I know you were watching the game. I was I was Game of Thrones in it by the time the game rolled right. around. Um, tell us – Tell us how this thing wrapped up. They went in, they were down 3-1. Truth be told, I was not watching the game. I just turned the TV on and it was on. And I was like, whoa, all right. And they were down 2-1. And uh, I was watching it for a little bit. And they just looked bad. Um, Just discombobulated in the back. Couldn't put a real attack together with any flow. In the wrong place. Timing off. And Brazil uh, gets a free kick right outside the box. Beautiful kick. Three to one. I said, all right, the game's over. Jump in the shower. 
And I don't take a 20-minute shower. I mean, I'm in and out, you know. So I jump in there, and I'm walking out, and I said, does that say three to three? I was, I was always wondering. I wonder how long Kaplan's showers take. I know I smell good, but it doesn't take that long to smell good, you know. But uh, they scored, actually, and then they went on to win the game four to three on a beautiful goal uh, in the 89th minute. But uh, Press scored a goal, uh, Rapino scored a goal, and – I know that Rapino scored – with about five minutes left right. to even it, and the place was bananas. And then in the 89th minute. So Julie Ertz there with the right. game winner and gets her moment in the sun. That was Ertz's tenth goal. Right. This is the first one not, not with, with her, her head. head. Right. That's a really cool stat, by it the is. way. But uh, and and Brazil, who's in that you know, there's about a half dozen teams across the world that that compete for the championships in every women's tournament right. internationally. Brazil is in that mix. They were a little late to the party, but they've really become a powerhouse. But the U.S. showing why. Yeah, I think Japan. You know, is another one that's usually pretty competitive. But Sweden, Sweden, yeah, there's yeah, absolutely there's a handful of them. But the U.S. still top dog as it applies. But funny, you're talking about head because we didn't really talk today much about the John Bones Jones, John Bones Jones <laughs> knockout of Daniel Cormier this weekend. Yeah, great fight, lived up to all the hype. The undercard was good right up until the match before. The Jones Cormier fight, um, but that was just a bad matchup in terms of style. But the the headline bout, John Bones Jones making his return, huge. Now, for those of you that did not watch the fight and all you saw was the highlight of Jones' shin to the skull <laughs> knockout kick of Cormier, may not realize, and I, I you cannot overstate this. Cormier whooped his ass for two rounds. Yeah. I mean, completely mm -hmm. dominated, enforced the issue, was landing, and I think got a little too cocky because Jones hadn't been able to really land a kick. And Cormier was overcoming Jones' length by crowding him. So Jones couldn't stretch those big arms, arms and legs out. And the couple of shots that he landed on Cormier, Cormier kind of shook off and just kept on coming. Cormier re really was dominating the, the bout. And then out of nowhere came that big left kick, and it was bone on skull. Hmm. And within the next 10 or 12 seconds, Jones had finished the fight. A great, you know, out of nowhere knockout. That's what you watch UFC for. However, in the aftermath of the fight, the UFC went all UFC on itself and can't help but being a little WWE-ish. Jones comes out in his post-fight interview and calls out Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and I think the quote was, you know, if you want to know what it's like to get your ass kicked by a guy that weighs 40 pounds less than you, get in the octagon. I'm not <laughs> sure he wants to tug on that tiger's tail. Yeah. Um, but I'd pay to see it. <clears throat> yeah. So we're there. 
The problem I have with this, though, is Daniel Cormier, who now has he suffered his second loss. He's only ever lost to Jones. You can make a very good case that Daniel Cormier is the second best UFC fighter going. Even though they're both light heavyweights, you know, pound for pound, Daniel Cormier has had a great, great career. He was a great champion. Um, you know, the kind of mantra was, well, he's just keeping the seat warm for Jones when Jones comes back. Jones came back, handled his business, looked great. But in the aftermath of the fight, I have an issue. Roll the tape, if you would, Trent. Give us your thoughts right now. I don't know, man. Uh, I thought the fight was going well. I don't even know what happened. It's like I kicked in the head. Oh, man. I'm so disappointed. You know, I don't think it's a good idea to interview fighters after they've been knocked out, but I really wanted to give you a chance to express yourself. I know this was an incredible moment for you. It was very emotional. What, what can you say at all about this and the rivalry between you and John? I don't know, man. I guess if you win both fights, there is no rivalry, so I, I don't know. Thank you for everything, Daniel. Daniel Cormier, ladies and gentlemen. Look, I don't know when the last time you were concussed, Trent. I know the last time I was, mm -hmm. and I didn't have any business with anybody sticking a microphone in my face. Yeah. Daniel Cormier deserved better than that, and the UFC should be ashamed of themselves. And uh, I mean that from the bottom of my I like of my how heart. he said, I typically don't like to yeah. yeah, Joe Rogan oh, said, but I'm doing it! Well, Joe Rogan <laughs> threw the organization under the bus. Well, I don't think it's a good idea to do this, but here I go. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't a good idea, and I was, I was pissed. I'm not going right. to lie. Daniel Cormier may well be the second best fighter in the entire world. He deserved better than that. He fought like a champion, and for them to trot that microphone out and stick in his face a minute and a half after he'd been pretty much knocked out cold, not cool UFC, not cool Joe Rogan, you owe the guy an apology. He deserves better than that. Am I, am I off the rails on this? I have a real problem with it. See, Joe did come out with a public apology. Dana White said he wasn't supposed to uh, interview him, but he said <laughs> Joe's apology was, I don't know what I was thinking. I had the mic in my hand. I didn't know what to do. I apologize. Come on. Right. That is the worst apology I've ever heard. Well, and, and to have made, you know, well, I didn't know what I was doing. But then in the in the midst, in the context of the interview to say, well, I don't think it's a good idea, but I'm doing it anyway. Not yeah. cool. Now, I will say that the upside to this is that by the time this fight finished at about 1.15 in the morning, I think an awful lot of folks were like me and bounced. Yeah. I mean... Cormier hadn't even got they hadn't even gotten him off the mat and I was yeah. out the door headed home. Social media picked this thing up and ran with it everywhere. Mm -hmm. And I hope the backlash is in favor of Cormier and against the UFC. And I hope some people make him pay for this because it wasn't cool. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know why I'm so emotionally invested in Daniel Cormier. I don't know him from Adam, but I know he's been a great champion. I saw his performance there, and he didn't deserve that to be caught crying and blubbering on, on camera with a microphone broadcasting out to the world. Bad job, Joe Rogan. Bad job, UFC. That's what I got on that. I agree.
Absolutely. I mean, that's anything, great analysis, guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you, you done good, Chris. Well, thanks, yeah. man. I mean, when I had a, I had a concussion after a wrestling match one time, and there's parts of that the la- the the next four hours, five hours that I have no idea. I'll never remember yeah. besides what I was told. I don't remember. I couldn't get my lock uh, opened in the locker room. I never remember being at the hospital. I mean, mm. six hours later, I remember waking up, asking my parents, you know, what was going on. So to do that on national television is, you know, yeah. shame on you. Yeah, and, and right. honestly, I, I think that, you, you know, there's obviously an awareness about concussions and head injuries now that we're, we're scaring people a little bit, I think. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, a young man getting a concussion at some point in his life, you know, in the bigger scheme probably builds a little character. Um, but in this case, minutes after, you know, a traumatic blow to the head like that, and I'm not, I'm not making light of it. What I'm saying yeah. is, is, I mean, you look at it. You got the bicycle. You got helmets for everything. You got the rest of it. We can't protect our kids from everything. Oh, I understand. You he know what saying. I mean? It's called knocked out. I, I got you. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> and and for them, minutes after he did that, not cool. Not loving you, UFC, right now. From the cheap seats, you can check us out on iTunes. At the iStore. Yeah. Get us on social media at Cheap Seat Radio. You're listening to Krista Lambert and Brandon Atkin. You might not love your seats, but you'll love the show. When I was just a tiny baby, I was stolen from my parents. I was imprisoned in a cramped cage and was touched and photographed completely against my will, solely for somebody's profit. Then I started to grow bigger, and they locked me away for life. If you knew that was the life of a tiger cub, would you still pay to pet her? Learn how they're exploited through petting and photo ops at cubabuse.com. Hello, I'm Rob Beckley, lead singer of the band Pillar. I served in the Army Reserve for eight years and it taught me lessons in teamwork, leadership, and organizational skills that I still use today. Serving part-time in the Army Reserve also offers skill training, money for college, and bonuses up to $20,000. So if you're up to the challenge, talk to your local Army Reserve recruiter today or check us out online at GoArmyReserve.com. You too can be Army strong in the Army Reserve. Everyone deserves a decent place to live. Everyone. Decent shelter is something we all need to thrive. Through shelter, we empower. Visit Habitat.org to donate today. 